morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. <clears throat> My name's Tom Short, so glad to have you along today as we get into the Word of God and talk about, well, today we're going to talk about two big decisions from the Word of God that'll help other decisions be a lot easier. And this is a problem we have in life, isn't it? Sometimes decisions, we're constantly having to make them, and sometimes we just struggle with them. I mean, they're really hard. And we know the right thing to do, and we don't tend to do it, and we find ourselves making poor decisions. In Scripture, it says this, the wisdom of the sensible is to understand his way. Do you understand why you make the decisions you make? Yesterday, I had a great conversation with Carl, one of the regulars here. We had a good decision on a good discussion on how people make decisions. I appreciated his insight as he teaches a course on this very topic, and I appreciated his insight that he gave me, and I'll be sharing some of that today, <clears throat> and uh, as well as some of the things that have just helped me make good decisions in my life. I really do believe that if we can put some of the big decisions in life, if we can make certain decisions, then other decisions can almost go on autopilot. There's something internally within us that if it's programmed certain ways, we will always make decisions along that ways. Now, now you're like that whether you realize it or not. There are experiences you've had, values you've had, information you have accepted to be true that you've stored deep within your soul or, as the Scripture says, within your heart that affects decisions without you maybe even realizing it. And so if we want to be wise and sensible, we'll understand our way. We'll understand why, for instance, as a Christian, I know I ought to be doing one thing, but I find myself doing the opposite so often. Why is that? Why do we consistently do that? Even though we feel bad about it, we repent over it, we tell God we're sorry, and then we go do it again. What's going on? Do we understand what's happening? I think there are two big decisions that we need to make in life. I'll say that I've made in my life that have helped me put other decisions. They're almost on autopilot. I make them unconsciously. I make them without even thinking about it, and they become they become easier to make. Now, the original decisions may not have been easy to make. They may have taken some diligence and some work and some decision and some conscious thinking. I had to understand my way, and I had to make decisions related to that, that once made and once they became more habitual in my life, shall we say, then they made other decisions easier. I've mentioned before that in life, every little decision we make and every big decision we make, actually, it's like casting a vote for the type of person we ultimately want to become. The more votes we cast for a certain type of person, we will become that person. And once we become that person, shall we say, those ongoing decisions almost are like on autopilot. So in other words, deep in our soul, deep in our heart, there are things that guide our decisions. Let's talk at the two big decisions here. Number one, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14 and 15, this is one of the driving verses in my life. I still remember the first time I ever heard it. It stuck deep within my soul. It was preached with great anointing and great power by a good friend of mine, Pastor Mike Cater, 
who's involved in missions in Southeast Asia now. But I remember the night he spoke it, and it drove deep within my soul, and it changed me that night. This verse can change you, maybe, maybe even right now. Let's read it. For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, that so that they who live may, might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Most of us live for ourselves. We're controlled by the love of self. We're controlled by our own desires. We're controlled by the flesh. And consequently, we're constantly battling. We know the right thing to do. We know we ought to be loving. We know we ought to be unselfish. We know we ought to be righteous. And yet we're constantly tempted and pulled in the other direction. And more often than we'd like to admit, the other direction wins. Why? Because down deep, we're still controlled by the love of self and the and what the Bible calls the flesh rather than by the love of Christ. I'd like to ask you today to make a commitment to say, oh God, might I be controlled by the love of Christ? We spent a week, a whole week looking at how God loves us, how Christ died for us, the greatest act of love ever. And this verse, I'm, I'm always not sure exactly how to interpret it. Paul's saying that he's controlled by Christ's love for him, or if he's controlled by his love for Christ. But you know, it doesn't matter because they're both, they, they work hand in hand. We love because he first loved us. If you grasp and understand that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to earth, lived this life he lived, and then died on the cross for you, and you make that personal. It wasn't just for humanity. He died for you, and it becomes personal to you. Then it can't help but engender within you a love for him. Again, First John chapter 4, we love because he first loved us. And so, my friend, if you're constantly having difficulty making the right decisions, might I, <clears throat> might I suggest the deepest, the thing you need to grow in is a deeper love for God. I look at some of the struggles that brothers talk to me about in their own life, struggles with pornography, for instance, struggles with with lust, struggles with some of these things. And I and I I'm glad to give them, you know, have an internet monitor, have a uh, be accountable, um, make no provision for the flesh. Romans 13 verse 14. These are all things that can help us when we're tempted to make the right decision. But down deep, if your heart is not really given to Jesus, if in your heart of hearts you don't really love God, you're going to always struggle. It's always going to be a battle. And so I'm all for these other things, but use them, but they're temporary. There will be the struggle and the fight. What's really needed is down deep to say, oh God, I hate sin because I love Jesus. And I love Jesus because Jesus loves me. And that's where you've got to win the battle. And that's got to become deeper and deeper and deeper within your soul. And can we just be honest? If you're always giving in to sin, 
It really is. Down, it's because down deep, you don't love God the way you need to. And so the answer is to learn to love God the way you need to. Now, until then, again, have some of these uh, protections and boundaries that can help keep you from it. But the, the battle won't be won until down deep in your soul, <clears throat> you become convinced that sin is bad. I hate it. I reject it. I despise it. God is good. Jesus died for me. I want to live for him. That's how I want to live my life. Excuse me. Does the love of Christ control you? If it does, good decisions in times of temptation, good decisions in times of service, good decisions become a whole lot easier because it's who you are on the inside. It's who you are on the inside. Well, how one another way to get there is found in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and this is the second big decision. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Again, if you're constantly defeated in temptation, if you're constantly making wrong decisions, as God would say, is it because down deep in your soul, your mind has not been renewed? you're still being conformed to this world. What you truly believe down in the depths of your soul is that what the world offers is better than what God offers. That what the world gives you is where you'll find true happiness, true life, true love, true peace. And if you truly believe that deep in your soul, then it doesn't matter how much you, you how many times you go to church, no matter what you might say, if that's what you believe, you're going to make decisions that seek fulfillment and happiness in the world. If, on the other hand, your mind has been renewed, your soul has been restored, and deep in your heart, you truly believe that God's way is the right way, that God's way is the path of life, then when the time the temptation, the time of struggle comes, and it happens every day, then you will make decisions that are right, that are according to the will of God, that are good, acceptable, and perfect. But you've got to believe that down deep, your mind must be renewed to believe that God's truth, God's truth really is what is good, what is acceptable, what's perfect. Ultimately, that's how you'll make decisions in life. The world's offering you one thing, and they make it look awfully good. And God's got a different path. And the world wants to make God's path look bad. And so what must you do? You must have your mind renewed to understand that what the world offers is fake. It's fake. It's fleeting. It's vanity. And what God offers is true and real. There's depth. There's real life. There is abundant life there. And so, do you struggle a lot? Well, two two big decisions to make. Jesus, I want the love of Christ to control me. And Jesus, I want my mind to be renewed by the Word of God. Again, dare I say, that's why we come here every day. Because we know that renewing your mind doesn't happen just once a week. It doesn't happen periodically. It's got to be something you make diligent effort towards. And can I be honest, if you're listening here and you're not part of our regular community, 
I just want, I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm befuddled. I'm confused. Why do believers not make getting into the Word of God a greater priority? Why do they not build this habit into their lives? If you do, it will change you. And if you don't, your, your odds of living the life that you really want, the life of Christ, the life Christ calls us to, are pretty minimal. It won't happen. These two decisions, I want to, the love of Christ to control me, I want to be in the Word of God and allow it to transform my mind and renew my mind and change the way I think. That can happen to you. You can do that. The only difference between that super Christian you wish you were like and you is they have been controlled by these two things. They've made the discipline to get into the Word of God and let it renew their minds, and they've said, God, Jesus, might your love control me. Let's pray about this, okay? Father in heaven, oh, we thank you for Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord, who gave his life for us, who died on the cross. Oh, might might that sink deep into our soul so that the love of Christ controls us. Might we not be controlled by the love of the flesh, by our, by our fleshly desires, by selfishness. Might we be controlled by the love of Christ deep in our soul. Oh, drive it deep, we pray. Make, it, make, make us understand it so that it controls us. And oh, Lord, might we be renewed by your word. We confess it's so easy to be controlled and conformed to this world. But we sincerely desire your word to control us. Help us to have the discipline to make the decision, to develop the habits, to, to vote each day by our decision to get into the word of God each day to cast a vote for the type person we want to be. And I thank you that this will bear fruit. We bless you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, folks, God bless you. You might know, I've already, I've already suggested, join us every day. We come here every day, get in the Word of God every day because it's important. And so if you're not, if you're just visiting today, make a commitment and a decision to be here and get in the Word of God with us every single day. We'd love to have you along, and I know it'll change your life. And to those of you who are here, are, are here every day, I know your life is changing, and we're sowing the Word of God on good soil, and the seed of God's Word will bear good fruit. So God bless you. I love you. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. And, and until then, bye-bye.